Section twenty two of Twain and Howells on Each Other. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. My Mark Twain Literary Friends and Acquaintances by William Dean Howells. Chapter twenty one. For a time it was a question whether he would not go back with his family to their old home in Hartford. Perhaps the father's and mother's hearts drew them there all the more strongly because of the grief written ineffaceably over it but for the younger ones it was no longer the measure of the world it was easier for all to stay on indefinitely in new york which is a sojourn without circumstance and equally the home of exile and of indecision the clemenses took a pleasant spacious house at riverdale on the hudson and there i began to see them again on something like the sweet old terms they lived far more unpretentiously than they used and i think with a notion of economy which they had never very successfully practiced i recall that at the end of a certain year in hartford when they had been saving and paying cash for everything clemens wrote reminding me of their avowed experiment and asking me to guess how many bills they had at new year's he hastened to say that a horse-car would not have held them at riverdale they kept no carriage and there was a snowy night when i drove up to their handsome old mansion in the station carryall which was crusted with mud as from the going down of the deluge after transporting noah and his family from the ark to whatever point they decided to settle at provisionally but the good talk the rich talk the talk that could never suffer poverty of mind or soul was there and we jubilantly found ourselves again in our middle youth it was the mighty moment when clemens was building his engines of war for the destruction of christian science which superstition nobody and he least of all expected to destroy it would not be easy to say whether in his talk of it his disgust for the illiterate twaddle of mrs eddy's book or his admiration of her genius for organization was the greater he believed that as a religious machine the christian science church was as perfect as the roman church and destined to be more formidable in its control of the minds of men he looked for it spread over the whole of christendom and throughout the winter he spent at riverdale he was ready to meet all listeners more than halfway with his convictions of its powerful grasp of the average human desire to get something for nothing the vacuous vulgarity of its texts was a perpetual joy to him while he bowed with serious respect to the sagacity which built so securely upon the everlasting rock of human credulity and folly an interesting phase of his psychology in this business was not only his admiration for the masterly policy of the christian science hierarchy but his willingness to allow the miracles of its healers to be tried on his friends and family if they wished it he had a tender heart for the whole generation of empirics as well as the newer sorts of scientificians but he seemed to base his faith in them largely upon the failure of the regulars rather than upon their own successes which also he believed in he was recurrently but not insistently desirous that you should try their strange magics when you were going to try the familiar medicines End of chapter twenty one